0: We are repentant, we are grateful, we are redeemed, we are prayerful, we are First Baptist Church.
1: Good morning. Good morning! Welcome to worship today, I hope you have come ready to exalt the name of Jesus. We do that through singing, through prayer, through listening, through reading together his word. So. Come ready to be changed because of our encounter with Jesus Christ today. As we begin, I'll read Psalm 36, verse 5 through 9. You follow along and get your hearts ready. Your loving kindness, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like a great deep. O Lord, you preserve a man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God, and the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house, and you give them to drink of the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Have you come ready to worship this great God this morning? Let's, let's add our voice to that. Hymn 42, is. I sing the mighty power of God. Stand together, let's worship.
0: Good morning. Welcome to First Baptist Church. We're glad that you're here. If you're visiting with us this morning, we hope you take note of this uh, card. It should be in the pew back in front of you. This is how we get to know you. If you would take that and put that in the offering plate at the end of the service, um, that would be good. You know, we we gather today knowing that in this day, we, we have all kinds of circumstances that surround us. All of us are are walking through many different things, some difficult, some good, some we didn't imagine, some that seem impossible. But no matter what what circumstances we face today, our God is greater. And so we, we come into worship with thanksgiving on our hearts, knowing that God is good and greater than any circumstance we face this morning. So to that good God, we worship, and to that good God, we pray. Let's pray together. Father, we are grateful to be in this place. Lord, we recognize that you are good and you are holy, that you have been patient with us, that you have protected us. You have completely given of yourself on our behalf. And so, Lord, we, we give back to you all of ourself. We, we worship you and praise you with with all that we are, because it's you alone that are good. And as we do, may your spirit descend on this place in such a way that it is unmistakably you. Come, Lord. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray.
1: Amen. Do you know that we've got a blog that the pastors write every day? Do you know this? TheEverydayPrayer.org. You know the pastor knows that. That's fantastic. <laughs> pastor Rick had a really good um, blog this morning reminding us uh, the, the need for prayer. And, and he put it in a really unique way. To, if we were to write the transcripts of our prayers out, what would it say about who we believe God to be? What would it say about who we understand this great God of the universe to be? And as you read this scripture that we've been reading all week in Colossians, I hope you've been convicted as I have to say Paul in chains saying, man, I'm just looking forward to that next opportunity to share the gospel. I cannot wait for the next privilege that I get to tell somebody the mystery of Christ. Is that how we're praying? It should be. With thankfulness in our hearts, it also says. So as we continue to shape our worship this morning, I just pray that that, that, be, that be the center, that God would shape our hearts and our prayers for the privilege to tell his great story. Following now as I read from Matthew. It tells it in a different way, but a, but a similar vein of thought. Matthew 10, 27 to 31. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. And what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? And yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Let's continue to worship this great God. Hymn 378, Christian Hearts and Love United. Stand together as we sing this.
0: Children, come on down. Come meet me right over here. We're so grateful for those of you watching on TV mm-hmm. this morning. Thank you for being a part of our church and being a part of this service today. Good. Come Good. on, come on in. Come gather, come gather around. Morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. All right. Just about got everybody. Come on down. Alright, got a got a couple of got a couple of questions for you this morning. We're, we're gonna talk about tough this morning. Alright, so I want you to answer with me. Who or what do you think is the toughest thing in the world? God. What do you think? Oh no, God's a good man, y'all are good. That's right. God and Jesus is always the right answer to that question, isn't it? Now let's let's move from the heavens down to the earth, and so let's let's move down to more the earthly and around us. So when we're thinking less than God, less than Jesus on the earth, who or what is the toughest thing on the earth? I'm full. I'm full. The church. Oh man, that's good. That's good. I like that. <laughs> A bull? Oh, bulls are very tough. You don't want to get in the way of a, a mad bull, do you? What, what's the toughest thing? Um, to face a bull. To face a bull? That's a tough one. Man, we're on that today. A humongous whale. A humongous whale. That would be very tough, yeah. A what? A longhorn. Yeah, man, we like the bulls today, don't we? Yeah. A shark. A shark, that'd be real tough. And a hog. A hog is real tough, yeah. A dinosaur? Yeah, if they were still living, that would be, they would be—they would be so tough, wouldn't it? Now, so let's think about—let's think about you now. So those are kind of tough things in the world, right? What—what what would you say? So when you think through your week, and you may think through last week or think through this coming week, what is the toughest thing you have to do that you personally have to deal with? What's the toughest thing that you have to do? What do you think? Yeah, go ahead. Do the chore? Yeah, chores are hard, aren't they? What? Tell the truth. Well, that's that's deep. That's deep right there. That's right. Yeah, pick pick up your toys. What do you think? What's the toughest thing you have to do? What? Yeah, go ahead. To my sister
2: from being mean
0: to me. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's hard. Um, I'm clean, well, you tell me what yeah, and cleaning your room. Those are hard. Yeah. What What do you think? Yeah, cleaning your room, those are tough. So we got a lot of things, right? All these things are tough. There's a lot of tough things in the world. Alright, one more. A lot of toys up. Picking a lot of toys up is very difficult, isn't it? So we've established a couple of things. One, bulls are very tough. And two, picking up our room is very tough, right? So what you think about today in the sermon, I want you to listen for this. The um, the apostle Paul who, who who in the spirit wrote the book that, that we're reading in, in the Bible today in Colossians. He's in a very tough situation. Now, I want you to listen for what that tough situation is. It's it's really hard on him. And you know what? No matter matter what we have to face in this world, no matter how tough the situation is or how tough the thing we have to face is, God is greater. In fact, God loves you, and he's going to be with you. And he's going to be with you through it, and he's going to be with you um, all the way through it. And so anytime you face something tough this week, ask the Lord to help you. And the Spirit of the Lord be with you. And will support you in all of it. Okay? Let's pray together and we'll go. Lord, we thank you for this time together. Lord, we pray that you would teach us to trust you. Lord, and we pray that you would teach us to be near you even in the toughest of situations we face. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all.
1: Let's continue, everyone, to... Volunteer for the gospel. Send me, O oh Lord, send me. Hymn 582, standing together as we, as we worship. seated.
0: you Would find your listening sheet, should be your bulletin, and, and looks like this as our text for the day, the top Colossians 4 2 through 6. If you would, let's stand and let's read that together. This then is the text for today. Devote yourselves to prayer keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open up to us a door for the word, so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ, for which I have also been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity, let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. May God bless the reading of his word. When your little things seem so, so big, trucks seem big, your, your dad seems larger than life, You know, looking back on it, when I was rummaging through my dad's work truck or rummaging through my grandfather's workshop, there seemed to be nothing tougher than a thick, rusty chain. In fact, those chains that were in the back of my dad's truck seemed indestructible. Some of them, when I was young, I couldn't even pick up. They were tough. Or when my grandfather would take one of the chains out of a shop and put it on his tractor, he would latch it to something, and no matter what it was, it was coming with him. Because that tractor was tough. That chain was tough. You know, to a little boy looking at the work and, and looking at all of it, in the whole scene, there, there was nothing tougher than a chain. And so Paul, Paul tells us in today's text that he's riding from prison. It's not entirely clear where that is, but, but it seems as though he's, he's probably riding from Rome, where he's kept under house arrest. There's another, a number of times that Paul was in prison... He was in jail for the sake of the gospel a number of times through his ministry. In fact, there's some six years of his ministry was spent in prison for the sake of the gospel. At one point, he shackled, he has chains around his ankles, chained up in the depths of a prison. But in Rome, it was different. There he was allowed to be under house arrest. And so he rented a house in Rome. And they brought in guards on a rotation, and Paul was chained. There was, there was a chain around his wrist, and the chain linked to a guard that would be chained to his. And every four hours, they would rotate guards in there. He was under lock and key. Now, if that were were Chris, if I was in Chris in that moment, if that were me, I would look at those chains. Just like I look at my grandpa's chains. They're indestructible. Those chains would be the toughest thing in the room. If I were chained to a guard, I would give up. They're rotating. They're they're watching. What am I going to do against a chain? What am I going to do against a set of guards? In fact, this is the perfect time to just throw your hands up and say, I give up. I tried and I give up. This must be the end. This must be, this must mean this is over. I I know that in Chris, if that was me, I I, I would so quickly blame God for the situation that I was in. I would blame God for getting me into this mess. I said, God, what would happen? There's nothing more that I can do. If those chains are wrapped around my wrist, what is left for me, Father? Is there anything else that I can do? I would wonder where my life was. If if it was Chris, if I was in Chris in that moment, I would wonder, why am I being punished? I'm trying to do the will of God. I'm trying to faithfully do what God has called me to do. Why am I the one stuck in this house chained to a guard? Lord, I'm trying to be obedient to you. I'm trying to be obedient to your ways. Why would you do this to me? That would be in Chris. I would look at my God and I would blame Him and I would say, why are you doing this to me? In fact, my prayer would look up to God and I would tell God Himself, God, You can do better. God, You could have kept these chains off of me. Why did You do this to me? But frankly, in Chris, I'm okay with this. Because in Chris... I'm looking for any possible excuse to not, to not do anything, to not share the gospel, to not walk in faith, to not love well. I'm looking for any excuse possible, to not do any of it. You see, in, in Chris, it's much simpler and much safer just to remain inert, to just succumb to the situation to give in to the circumstance and say the chains are tougher and and in fact that the chains become this fortuitous excuse to not have to you don't want to now you don't have to there are these nasty chains binding you down to keep you from doing that which you're supposed to do but you know in Chris I would be like a child who gets sick and smiles about it. You know, when, when, a, when a child gets sick on the weekend, it's, it's the worst thing in the world. But when, when a child gets sick on a Monday, you can almost see them begin to smile. Because when you get sick on a Monday, you know you don't have to go into school. You get sick on a Tuesday, you're free from all of your obligations. You know, and Chris, there's a lot of days I, I want to be sick. I I want to be in those chains because when I'm in those chains, I'm no longer to blame for my lethargy. When when I'm chained and and these chains are the toughest thing in the world to me, I, I have someone to blame for my ineffectiveness. I have something else to blame for my immaturity. These chains become one big excuse for me not to have to do anything anymore. So in Chris, and when I'm in Chris and I'm in chains, I'm left with a sad excuse Huddling in a Roman house with nothing but time on his hands. But you know there is another way. In fact, that there's another way in Christ Jesus. If we turn our attention from being in Christ to being in Christ, life becomes completely different. Life looks completely different. If I'm in Christ, instead of being in Christ, Those chains become one more way for the glory of God to be on display. The chains are not an excuse, but those those chains are another moment for God to prove His might and God to prove His faithfulness. And so the prayer changes, and there's a different kind of smile on our faces. The the prayer then turns, when we're in Christ, the, the prayer turns from from blaming God to this moment of excitement where we begin to smile, wondering what unimaginable thing God is going to do next. What might God do with these chains? If I'm left to my own devices, it'll, it'll leave me worthless. But in the power of God, these chains can be mighty. See, you hear what, what Paul is doing in Christ. In our text this week, in and, and Christ, there he is writing encouraging letters to fellow believers, and, and, and fellow believers who are going to read these letters th- thousands of years later. Millions of Christians over thousands of years are reading this letter he's writing in the Spirit that day. So there's Paul under house arrest. He has a chain on his wrist, chained to a guard over there, and, and as it goes, that guard's going to have to do whatever he's doing. And so he's, he's writing letters to the church. He is on his knees in prayer. You know, when Paul has to go down to his knees in prayer, he's chained to that guard, and that guard has to go down with him while he's praying. And there, as he's praying and as he's dealing with these circumstances, he's asking God, 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 show me what is next. Open doors that show your might. Open doors for the sake of the gospel. Open doors for the sake of your kingdom. See, he's chained to a guard while this is going on. And in this moment, those chains are defective. Those chains cannot stop a man of God. They cannot stop the kingdom of our Lord. See, in Christ, the chains that were meant to deter the gospel are proven defective. The, the chains themselves become a means of grace. They're not, they're not holding anything back in the kingdom. And in fact, they become a great moment of grace in the Lord. You see, in Christ, even that great West Point chain couldn't hold us down. In in Christ, you could put that 75 tons of iron around our ankles and we would still be able to walk on water. In fact, the heavier the chain, the mightier the message. It becomes an opportunity for a miracle. In Christ, we, we recognize that these constraining circumstances are a perfect moment for the power of God to be on full display. The chains that are meant to hinder you become the very thing which God uses as a platform. Those chains become what God uses to change the world. When Paul's chained up to that man at a house in Rome, he was still changing the world forever for the sake of the kingdom and the power of our Lord. See, we don't know what God's up to in the moment. We don't know what what God's up to in our circumstances. God was able to take Joseph, pull Joseph up out of the pit, pull Joseph out of the jail and put him in charge, rising to one of the highest leadership positions in the world. The, The chains of Egypt were never going to keep Israel out of the promised land. God, God is capable, God is capable of taking those like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they're tied up and ready to be thrown into the furnace, God brings them out alive on the other side. Our God is capable. In fact, He's capable of what we read in Acts chapter 12. You'll turn with me to Acts. We're going to read a couple passages in Acts. We're going to start in Acts chapter 12, verses 6 and 7. You see, we we have a, a similar situation that our God is capable of the mightiest things. Look at look at Acts chapter 12, verses 6 and 7. On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. So here, Peter's in a similar situation to Paul, but, but Peter is, is chained to two different men under the chains of two. And guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. So not only are there two guards chained to him, there's guards watching the door. And then in verse seven, behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in the cell, and he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, "Get up quickly!" And his chains fell off his hands. See, in Christ, we we live in the moment. We we don't worry about the. We don't worry about tomorrow. We don't worry about the circumstances. We don't worry about the weight of the chains because the the weight of the chain is temporal. The weight of the chain is of this world when our God lives and operates in the spiritual. Our God can can defy physics and create in this world things that only he can create. And so temporal things like chains and, and the worries of this world are taken care of in the person of Jesus Christ. We we don't worry about the things that are weighing us down today because God has an answer in the person of Jesus Christ. Whatever is holding us back and holding us down, God has the perfect answer in the person of Jesus Christ. The the chains, they're, they're just temporal. And Christ in this moment proves that these chains are defective. They'll never be able to do what the world thinks that they can do. And so we look at them with thankfulness, knowing that God is faithful and God is more powerful. You know, you very well could make the argument that the gospel is most effective, chained up by the outside world. See when that happens, when when the outside world begins to chain up the gospel, it gives them the illusion of control. They, They think the gospel message then is all tidied up, neatly kept away in a library. Or it's pushed to the fringes of society. In fact, there are those around us who think they have the gospel all figured out. In fact, we can chain it up and we can keep it very tightly in its place over there away from me. In fact, there are those around us who want to keep the gospel message and the message of Scripture at a safe distance. So they don't have to deal with the truth of it. They don't have to deal with the person of Jesus Christ who's revealed in the pages of our Scripture. And it's in those moments where God begins to do something good and holy we, we see it in King Agrippa in fact as we work through towards the end of of acts so as as we're, we're looking at Paul today he's he's chained to a guard in Rome but let's rewind that before he was chained to a guard in Rome he, he was chained to other prisoners on a ship and he shipwrecked in the Mediterranean Sea lost at sea for two weeks And then before he gets on a boat full of criminals to be taken to Rome, he's locked up in the Roman metropolis of Caesarea. It's north of Jerusalem, where a governor of Judea, a man named Festus, has Paul imprisoned there. In fact, Festus has sort of inherited Paul from Felix. And and Festus doesn't know what's going on. In fact, he's confused by this whole thing. He has Paul imprisoned, and he's not even really sure why Paul is in prison. In fact, Festus, as you work down through Acts 25, he comes He comes to Paul. He says, what's going on? It, it just seems like the whole reason you're in prison is the Jewish people say Jesus is dead. And you keep telling everybody Jesus is alive. Is that why you're in prison? And he says, yes. It's exactly why I'm in prison. But all the, the mob comes back in and, and they have to keep him there. And so, so Festus doesn't know what to do with Paul. And so he brings in, he brings in King Agrippa. He says, King Agrippa, you you deal with this. And and King Agrippa, he, he asked Paul, he said, What's going on? Why, why are you turning this world upside down? All of Judea, this whole region is being upset by the words that you speak. What are you saying? What's happening out there? He begins to tell King Agrippa that, that I, I preach the same thing everywhere. I preach the person of Jesus Christ, and I repeat, I preach that everyone should repent. Everywhere I go, that's what I say. Everybody should repent and know Jesus Christ. Living, our living Savior, Jesus Christ. Now look with me, we'll continue. Acts 26. Acts 26, 24 through 29. So this is it's in the middle of this whole thing. So Paul, in verse uh, Acts uh, 26, 24. Paul's saying this in his defense. And then Festus speaks up and, and yells at him, speaks in a loud voice. Paul, you're out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you mad. And Paul says to him, I, I'm not out of my mind, most excellent Festus. But I utter words of sober truth, for the king knows about these matters. And I speak to him with confidence, since I'm per- persuaded that none of these things escaped his notice, saying, y'all have heard what I've said. You have seen the work of the gospel. You've seen the work in Jesus Christ in this whole region. This wasn't done in quiet. You have seen it, and you have known the power. And he continues there at the end of 26. This has not been done in a corner. This was not done where you couldn't see it. So then he continues in 27. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. And listen to this. So Agrippa replies to Paul in verse 28. In short time, you will persuade me to become a Christian. The gospel's at work in these chains. Then they keep going in 29. And Paul said, I would wish to God that whether in a short or long time, not only you, but everyone who hears me today might become such as I except for these chains. Except for these chains. Pa- Paul was chained up in this moment. But as Paul was chained up, the gospel was never chained. In fact, it's because of these chains That the highest officials of the land were going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. The governors and the kings of that day were going to hear about the living, risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Because Paul was in chains that day. And he said, I'm going to make the most of these chains that are around my wrists. And I'm going to tell you the truth. See, though this man of God was chained up before Felix... Though this man of God was chained up before Festus, before King Agrippa, though he was chained up before Rome, though the chains bound the man, they never touched the gospel. And in fact, the gospel continued on with a might unlike any other. In fact, we need to listen to how the book of Acts ends. This is the the end of of Paul's ministry. This is the end of, of, of the Acts of the church and the apostles. Get to the last two verses. This is Acts 28. Acts 28 30 and 31. And he is sort of Paul. Paul stayed there two years. So he's under house arrest, chained to a guard, two years in his own rented quarters. And he's welcomed everybody that came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness. And what's the last word of the book of Acts? Unhindered. Though this man was chained up for the gospel. The gospel was unhindered. See, that, that, that's the last word of it all. No matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, no matter how we find ourselves chained up in this world, the gospel is unhindered. The gospel is unchanged. The gospel is moving like a mighty work across this land. And God is taking care of his children. God is at work today, unhindered, as only he can work. So how are we going to respond to that work? How are we going to respond to that God? How are we going to respond to that gospel? Whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, we will be faithful unto the Lord in Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time. To hear your word, to know your presence, and we pray, pray that you continue to work in our lives, in our hearts, as only you can. Lord, mold us into the men and women that you have called us to be, that we be faithful to you in any and every circumstance, no matter what the weight of what the world throws at us, we'll be faithful unto you. So Lord, now as we, we come to a time of response, Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts. Show us how and, and why we need to repent. Empower us for the for the work that's ahead. Give us the faith that we need to take that next step. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. We're going to have our time of response now And everybody in here will respond to God in some way So let's respond faithfully There's some options you'll see At the the bottom of your listening sheet Maybe God's calling you to respond In in one of those ways There are others too The altar is open Um, Come down and and kneel and pray with us Um, We want to pray with you down here Um, I'll be down here at the front If if you want to visit with me about accepting Christ Or being a part of this church This is the time to do it Today is the day we need to visit. Let's take the time to do those things. Let's take the time to sing. Let's take the time to give and respond to our Lord faithfully. If you need to remain seated, please do. Um, the rest of us, let's, let's stand and respond to our Lord.
1: through giving, so I encourage you to be seated and continue to lift your hearts heavenward.
0: Have a, a morning of great joy. In fact, uh, Mark, Danny, would y'all would y'all come up here? Um, I hope you're aware we have been searching for our next executive pastor of administration for a year and a half, and in fact, we believe we have found our candidate. Um, so first, I think mean, Mark Schmeltikoff was the chairman of our search team. Can we thank Mark for serving in, with his team? This team served faithfully for a year and a half, um, searching all over the country um, for the right person. And so we, we believe we have found that person in Dr. Danny Cancino, Jr. So Danny, would you, would you come forward? And he's going to share just a couple of minutes about his life and his family who are here with him. And, and we want you to, to meet him today and get to know him. And then be aware. So tonight at 6 p.m., we're going to have a special called church conference um to vote to call Danny as our next executive pastor of administration. So please be here and, and be a part of that tonight. So Danny, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank
3: you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Good morning. First I'd like to introduce you to my family, my beautiful wife, Letty, Annalise, and Ella. And Ella's taking a nap, so <laughs> forgive us if we don't stand, but Listen, what we wanted to do was just say thank you. Thank you so much for inviting us to be part of what First Baptist Church San Antonio is doing. We feel it an honor and a a privilege to be here. Uh, First of all, because we love the Lord. We believe that um, focusing on Jesus Christ is what we do. Uh, Letty loves the Lord more than she loves me. And for that reason, um, I know without a shadow of a doubt that our relationship is um, based on something that that will never um, perish. Um, Having said that, um, my background for this position um, has the education and the experiential background, but more importantly, I want you to know, my heart is that those are just tools. Those are just tools that I use to serve in the ministry, and I count it an honor and a blessing to have those tools and to be able to join staff and, and this body of believers in taking the message and the gospel of Jesus Christ to San Antonio and beyond. Um, that is my life purpose and I feel like the Lord has given me an opportunity to do so. So again, we are extremely honored and blessed to be standing before you today and this evening um, in, in hopes of joining in what uh, we believe uh, that God is, God is calling us to do. So thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me time to share a little bit of my heart with you, and and hopefully we'll get to to learn and and grow to together as a body of believers um, here going forward. So God bless you. Thank you.
0: Amen. Um, Thank you so much. We it's been kind of a whirlwind for Danny. We got them going all over. In fact, they're about to go over to Logos and do the same thing. And they they've been a part of of all of our services today. And so. Um, they've had a lot going on this morning, so I hope you've had the chance to meet them. Uh, if not, you, you may have a chance this evening to do that if you come to the church conference. But also be aware we have uh, published a, a pamphlet with information about their family and Danny's background. Um, so make sure you get one of those. That ask me or, or out in the hallways if you don't yet know um, Danny. So with that said, let's turn our attention to the video.
4: Poverty in America is two working adults in a home with two plus children but with not enough money to make ends meet poverty in America is is so different than what we think about you could be working right next to somebody who doesn't know what they're going to be eating tonight when they get home poverty in America is a family living in a car but working every single day or in a shelter poverty in America is a home where we have a roof over our head but we have no electricity Poverty takes on so many different forms in America that it's almost unseen. It's a hidden thing in our culture, and it's not something that we really, we're really, we really comfortable talking about. The reality of it is, it's happening right next door, right down the street, right around the corner, right in the classroom, right with the people that work with you every day. Poverty is probably one of America's biggest secrets. When you think about Texas, we're a large state with a lot of needs, uh, we're bordered in Uh, We have people coming here from all over the world, the whole world is coming to Texas. In Webb County alone, where Laredo, Texas is located, um, has one of the highest food insecurity rates in children 18 and under in the U.S. And I'm sure there's a handful of other zip codes within the areas that San Antonio is able to um, serve, even within our own city. One of four children go to bed hungry every night without knowing where their next meal is going to come.
2: We are a
0: giving church family. We are dedicated to sharing the gospel and making disciples here in San Antonio and around the world. By donating to Children's Hunger Fund, we can provide a meal for only 25 cents to food insecure children and families right here in San Antonio. Your church is committing to invest more than just money. We are giving our time to visit homes all year long with the hope of the gospel. We already have teams that are prepared to care for people on a weekly basis using these food packs. Will you help pack a box of food by giving a love offering of money, time and effort? Will you be changed by Christ's love this Christmas as the Holy Spirit works through you?
4: Please come on November 23rd at 9 a.m. to 4th Street Crossing. Food has always been a key of moving towards a person's heart. So, so you come in with something in your hand rather than come in with your hands just open. And so it is going to allow in our region another avenue, another door to minister to the masses. You know, theologically it's fulfilling not only Matthew 28 Matthew 22, you know, the great commandment and the great commission It's also fulfilling what God holds us accountable to as Christians. That is feeding the hungry.
0: of christmas care this is where we prepare food boxes for families in need and this year we're expanding that and we will be working with children's hunger fund this is the videos that you're seeing and with children's hunger fund and, and with their help and with their partnership we are going to pack 750 boxes of food next Saturday morning. So please, come, you can donate to that, but, but also please come and donate your time. We need some 70 people uh, to come pack these boxes with us next Saturday morning at 9 a.m. This is a, one of the beautiful Christmas ministries of this church, and we we'll hope you'll come and be a part of that. Um, also, be aware. Tomorrow, uh, Monday, November 18th, begins the 31st annual Wolfson House Christmas Arts and Crafts Show. Um, this is another one of those things. It's, it's a lasting tradition here that has been good. And so we hope you'll come and you'll participate in that and, and be a part of, of, of shopping for Christmas and giving to missions in that same way. So come and, and share that time with us. You'll also uh, see... Um, Right down here, just in front of me, the altar flowers today, they're given in uh, glory of God and in celebration of the 40th wedding anniversary of Sandy and Carlos Contreras. So when you see them today, love them, there they are, right there. (laughs) Love on them, tell them happy birthday today. And lastly, Larry, would you come and introduce, we have two coming to join this morning, Larry's going to introduce them.
4: While Chris is getting there too, I'll remind you that every dollar you spend at the craft show, part of that goes to missions. So get over there. <laughs> All right. Uh, p- uh, pastor and church family, I want you to meet Jean Arnold. Uh, Jean comes today on Promise of Letter from the First Baptist Church up in uh, Rockwall, Texas, uh, coming to place her life in service with us here.
0: Amen. If you look forward, and, and yeah, come on down. If you know, know Jean and near her, come on down. If you look forward in walking in faith with her, would you say amen? Yeah. Amen. And we love you. That's right. Yeah, come down and gather around her. Another?
4: Yes, also meeting uh, Susan Davis. Susan comes today on promise of letter from a uh, Baptist church here yeah. in our area. Yeah, and come, come, come stand with place, Susan. Come on down. in service with us here.
0: Yeah, if, if you if you look forward yeah, come down and, and get a, gather around her. If you look forward in walking with faith um, with Susan, say Amen. amen. And we love, you. we love you. That's right. We we love both of you. Thank you for being a part of this church. If, after the service, they're gonna gather with me um, over here by the door. You come and you welcome them to this body of believers.
1: All right, so to to be fair, today is Mark Schmeltikoff's birthday as well. And so we we called attention to that in the first service. So when Pastor said, wish Sandy a happy birthday, that's what he was thinking. So just just be aware of that. He's he's got lots of things going on, so we're going to let him off the hook there. Also, Brian is... Brian is um, um, at leading the singles retreat um, this weekend, and we're very grateful for his work there. But i got to tell you, the last three times that I've asked Larry to help um, during this time, people have joined three of the last four times. So, I, I, Larry, I just love the way that you just bring people to the church. This, this is a good day. Let's stand together. Everyone, let's be dismissed with... God bless you.